0: Hello, all. Welcome to Wake Up with Mercy, a show of hope and inspiration. Today, we hear some powerful stories that help us to shift our perspectives and know that change for the better in our lives is possible. Wanted to let you know, I recently released my book, Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles. And I'm excited to share that Amazon has ranked my book number one in the 12-step program recovery. If you want to check it out, go to amazon.com. Now, let's hear about my guests. We first hear an empowering story from voiceover queen, actress, and author of Surviving the Odd, Candy Milo. She shares with us her story of doing just that, surviving the odd. Her father, Tony Milo, opened up their home to those that were mentally ill. Candy shares with us about how she managed life in her youth and how growing up with the odd shaped her. We had a deep conversation about the mentally ill, how they are judged, and the stigma attached to mental illness. Next up, we get motivated with Becca Gardner, founder of Naked Lady. She shares with us her story of sobriety and gives us hope when it comes to getting sober. Becca inspires us with her story and shows us we do not have to hit rock bottom or have our lives crumble before we make a positive decision to quit drinking. We hear how her life has changed for the better and she empowers us to do the same. We then get educated on the amount of time we are spending on our devices and how it's affecting our vision. I have invited Dr. Jason Compton, AOA member and gamer to share with us about the American Optometric Association launching a first of its kind screen time alliance in partnership with the gaming industry to help us to keep our eyes healthy offline with the guidance of a doctor of optometry so you can stay online doing what you love. Lastly, we get inspired with Anouk Broomfield, business leader, VP, and senior partner at IBM, community leader and motivational speaker. Now let's meet these inspiring guests and move towards a life of happiness. I am so excited about my next guest, voiceover queen and actress Candy Milo and author of Surviving the Odd. Welcome to the show, Candy. Thank you, Marcy. I'm so happy to be here. Hello everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I started reading your book and it's really amazing, Surviving the Odd. So let's
1: talk about what made you decide to write this book. Every once in a while, there is something that needs to come out, and it's a story that I've always wanted to tell because no one would suspect it of me. I um, do cartoon voices. I love what I do. I um, am usually funny and upbeat, and i I don't ever talk. I never even talked about what my dad did and what our family business uh, was, and when I would say something like, oh, you know, my dad was a comic and he worked with Sophie Tucker and Cap Calloway and all these old timers. If he were alive, he'd be in his late, um, he'd be 107, 108. I have older Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. And I just said when people's jaw dropped, I thought I should probably write this down.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about what your dad did. I mean, yes, he was an actor. He brought a lot of light to people's life. But then something changed. So why
1: don't you share that with us? Well, I think that my dad, who was a a nightclub performer, and when he was younger, he was in vaudeville. And with the advent of TV, the nightclubs were closing down. Mm -hmm. And things were not getting seedy, but it was tough to get a booking. And uh, Vegas, he did, but he could never get into a huge showroom. He just didn't have the connections. And his life was touched by... um, the guys coming home from Vietnam Mm -hmm. and we had entered that war and the, the term back then was shell-shocked. And so he had come up with a plan to open, open a home, a boarding house, a boarding care home, but they coined the term halfway house um, for returning vets. And when Mm -hmm. he went to the hospital to get returning vets, he didn't, he got developmentally disabled adults and people, um that were being displaced from mental institutions that were closing and Mm. so he opened one of california's very first halfway houses for the developmentally disabled and emotionally disturbed and he didn't get us his family five kids and my mom a separate house so for the first year and a half ish we lived in the house with them which was a converted fraternity house uh, yeah. With the system which was great for a comic and um and then we moved next door so right so we did end up getting another house is that correct he, we next did door. and what he kept saying was and you'll love this you know um we're having trouble closing the deal and I was like probably because you're a comic with uh-huh. no credit yeah. and um eventually they uh, eventually he did but um and it was always a priority, but it just it, it it took a long time, and I think he needed to get this house established before mm-hmm. he could get another home. And uh, the name of our house was Milo Arms Warden Care Home. Yeah.
0: So let's was, talk about that because I yeah. think a lot of people might be wondering, like, okay, there's five kids, uh, your mom, and. Mm-hmm. What are you guys thinking about this? And what was life like growing up there?
1: I think one of the things you, I I think in a strong patriarchal family, um, if your name wasn't on the mortgage, you didn't have a lot of say. And, Mm -hmm. And much like, you know, you think of New York and you've got bodegas and you've got families running businesses. This was just our family business. But I, I, Marcia, I will be honest, there is an element of um, of shame that crept in. And a lot of that has to do with writing the book was to kind of release the shame of, mm-hmm. you know, my mom is working, my father is working. And it was at a time when there was supposed to be a homemaker and there was supposed to be dinner at six. And we just lived sort of a vagabond show business life around Mm -hmm. um, mental illness. I I do want your viewers to know we were never afraid. Mm -hmm. We were separate Mm -hmm. enough, um, but my father was never given due to the fact that children were in the home. We were never given anybody violent, anybody that had um, a history of, of, of sexual perversity, violence. There was nothing like that. These were, people that had probably been institutionalized most of their adult life and Mm -hmm. know how things worked, how you got a job, how you got a meal, how you dressed yourself, how you cooked, how you, how you did things. And so we were a way station, a family model, and Mm -hmm. we took care of them, um, until they moved on and, um, So how did that shape your feelings about
0: mental health? And and right now, I mean, everyone's talking about mental health and thankfully it is more out in the open and we're talking about it and trying to break the shame and the stigma attached to it and just realizing there's all different levels. And I know that they were at an extreme level, uh, the people that were with you, but what, what are your feelings about mental health and what are your
1: views on that? I think that there, when you said there are all levels, um, my dad joked, because that's what he did, that mm-hmm. there were the diagnosed and the undiagnosed, and that mm-hmm. we all carry some sort of other inside of us. And I think for me... My dad had a really funny expression and he'd say, you know, if life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. You've all heard Mm -hmm. that. Well, my dad said, you better know what a lemon looks like.
0: Yeah.
1: So what I felt was that I was exposed to the lemons. I was exposed to people in their own personal struggle, trying to just be accepted. And in 1967, 1968, 1969, trying not to be beat up every Mm -hmm. day. During Mm -hmm. that time, Marcy, you only saw the truly mentally ill as deranged, violent, predatorial, and Mm -hmm. in movies. And these were people that were now on the streets just trying to fit in. And my dad was trying to dress them, trying to teach them to tell a joke so that they weren't a joke. And I think it was an unbelievable blessing for me in that I learned compassion. Uh, and that's a very tough lesson for a nine-year-old to learn. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately,
0: we are out of time and I know you have such an amazing career. I mean, how this has shaped you and how you have brought so much happiness into so many homes with your voice and, and you are truly talented. So, I, I recommend this book to anyone and, you, you know, it's just, it really touched me and just how I saw you grow as a human being and we all can learn some compassion for other people. So can you tell us how we can find you and find your book?
1: The The name of the book is Surviving the Odd and my name is Candy Milo and it is with an I. I know. Thanks, Dad. Um, It's (laughs) at uh, barnesandnoble.com. It is on pre-order now. It will be released on October 4th. Um, And if you search in Google for this, several booksellers will come up. Right now, um, Barnes & Noble is really pushing it. and We have an event in October in Los Angeles at the Grove, but barnesandnoble.com is my hit pick. That's fantastic,
0: Candy. Well, continued success, Thank, thank you for you. all the smiles and um and for your amazing book and story, which I'm sure that
1: would be a great series or a movie itself. So thank,
0: thank you. you again, Candy, for coming You're on. You're welcome.
1: Show. And my the voices in my head, thank you too. Do we have to hit rock
0: bottom to make a change? After the break, we meet Becca Gardner and she shares with us her story of making changes before she lost everything and how. We now hear an incredible recovery story with Becca Gardner, founder and CEO of the non-alcoholic drink, Naked Lady. Welcome to the show. Thank
2: you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) So it's great to have you. And you know what I love about your story is first off that you didn't necessarily have a rock bottom. We're always saying, what was your rock bottom? What made you quit drinking? But you didn't have to have such terrible consequences for you to stop drinking. So
2: can you share with us about that? Absolutely. And I don't remember the exact words, but I know that there is this saying where it's, you know, the fear of staying the same um, is greater than the fear of changing. And I think that was absolutely true for me. When I decided to stop drinking, I hadn't faced significant legal, social, physical repercussions. But, um, you know, it was a terrifying place to be because I lost hope. And I say it's grace that got me sober because someone showed me that that was an option. And there was no question in my mind after I stopped drinking that that was the path for me. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about how life has been since you've stopped drinking.
2: It's been crazy, but there's also been a pandemic and because after I stopped drinking, I decided that I wanted to start a company that offered non-alph options to folks. It meant that I moved back home to Kentucky from New York. So there have been all these radical changes in my life alongside my decision not to drink. And honestly, I don't think that I would have been able to navigate all the change and transition if it wasn't for my (laughs) society.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you're just able to think differently, focus on things, allow your higher power to speak through you and and guide you, like divinely guide you for your
2: purpose to your purpose. Absolutely. And I think, you know, up until I stopped drinking, I always had this question of what do I want to be? Um, And I think the question shifted to who do I want to be when I stopped drinking? And that was a bit more open-ended. It wasn't the specific accolade or job title. And I think that also allowed for a lot more creativity in my journey and exploration, I didn't think I was going to be someone who would start a company, but, um, that's where I am today because I think I really was open <laughs> to where, you know, my passion, uh, took me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And so now you are helping others to find sober fun Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's amazing. And listen, you don't have to be sober to enjoy a non-alcoholic drink. But why don't you tell us a little bit about Naked Lady?
2: Yeah, and, and I think that's the key. You don't have to be sober to enjoy something non-alcoholic. You don't have to hit rock bottom to enjoy something non-alcoholic. And in my opinion, you know, there's all this white space of people that for so many reasons, more than I can count, might enjoy having something that doesn't have alcohol at whatever occasion event it might be. And I think what we're also seeing is that that body of people, that group of the population is actually growing as people are becoming more in tune with themselves, their needs, their emotions, their health. Um, And so I think what my objective has always been was to make the culture surrounding drinking, which is very much our social culture, radically Mm -hmm. inclusive by making it really easy and inconsequential for folks to drink in the way that's best for them. So we've created a line of non-alcoholic spirits that are really kind of innocuous. You know, you can easily interchange them with real spirits so that somebody's decision to drink or not is really only their business unless it's something they want to share and talk about with others. Right, right.
0: Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story because especially during the pandemic, you know, a lot of people have kind of fallen on hard times and have maybe their drinking has elevated and they're, they're, they're wanting to make a change.
3: Absolutely. So just
0: to see how incredible life is, and it doesn't have to completely go down the drain for you to make positive changes in your life. So Absolutely.
2: thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> All right, Becca, where can we find
2: you? You can find us at Drink Naked Lady. So that's NKDLDY.com. And I encourage everyone to follow us on Instagram. That's just NKDLDY. And we will be moving into a lot of new markets this fall and winter, especially as we go towards dry January. So stay tuned. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations. And thanks
0: again sure. for coming on Wake Up with Marcy.
2: I appreciate it. Take care, Marcy. All right, Becca. Bye
0: bye. When we come back, we learn about extensive screen time and how we should be caring for our eyes, and we get motivated to move forward in life with motivational speaker Anouk Bromfield. With screen time on the rise from the popularity of things like gaming, streaming, remote work, and digital learning, so is the risk of screen-related eye issues. Joining us to discuss the issue and tell us about a new screen time alliance headed by the American Optometric Association is Dr. Jason Compton, an AOA member and gamer. Welcome to the show, Dr. Compton.
4: Listen, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here.
0: It's great to have you, and I'm really excited to hear about this because this is a major issue. So can you tell us about the impact and potential long-term effects of prolonged screen time, which I know we all want to know, and really what is considered prolonged screen time?
4: So when you think about it, our eyes are designed to look far we can look, we can focus up close, but what we're doing with this prolonged screen time at this distance is really forcing our eyes to do something that's not natural for them. It translates into symptoms that we call digital eye strain, or some people refer to it as computer vision syndrome, things like dry eyes, things like headaches, sensitivity, light, blur vision, itchy eyes, teary eyes. These are all types of symptoms that for some patients and they're minor, but for others, it can be very serious.
0: Yeah. And, and really, like, what is really prolonged screen time? Just so we know, because I don't know, I, I, is it two hours, three hours, eight hours?
4: That's interesting. You know, the AOA submitted, they recently had a survey where they show the average person is spending something like eight hours in front of these devices. Um, I'm not here to shame gamers. I'm not here to tell you to stop using computers, but it's not because it's not realistic. But so I can't give you a specific hour time frame, but what I can do is give you recommendations. So if you are going to do these things, there's certain things you can do to really prioritize your eye health to make sure that we're not putting too much stress on the visual system.
0: Okay, great. I know even in my work, I have definitely had this. So let's talk about the partnership between the AOA and the gaming industry, launching the Screen Time Alliance and why this is so important.
4: So we're excited about this because nothing like this has ever been done before. You have a professional eye care organization teaming up with the gaming industry. We love it because it gives us an opportunity to educate the American public, educate them. Again, we're not telling you to stop in using these devices, but we're yeah. showing you how to do it in a responsible way to preserve or to prioritize your eye health. But another part of this program, which is so important, is that it's a link, linking Americans to doctors of optometry, linking them to the understanding that an in-person comprehensive eye exam is vital on an annual basis, is vital to preserve your vision health.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Tell us where can we find more information about this because it's so very important.
4: Absolutely. Thank you for that. I really want to encourage our viewers to visit um, the American Optometric Association website, AOA.org, but specifically forward slash I deserve more, E-Y-E deserve more. Here you can find some helpful tips on what you can do to preserve or not limit that stress that you're putting on the system, but also what they'll be able to do is get you on that path of having that yearly comprehensive eye exam with your optometrist, and they can connect you with an optometrist, an AOA optometrist in your area.
0: I love it. I need that myself. So thank you, Dr. Compton, for coming on the show and sharing such important information.
4: Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: All right. Bye-bye. I now speak with business leader Anouk Brumfield. Welcome to Waco with Marcy.
3: Hi. It is such a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, of course. So why don't you tell us what you want people to know about you?
3: Yeah, as you introduce, my name is Anouk Rumfield. And a lot of times when people talk about themselves, they talk about what they do. So I'll start off talking about what I do. So I am a dynamic and a seasoned executive leader with over 30 years of experience where I've helped teams to drive them to reach their full potential. So I've had an opportunity to work in various roles across various uh, industries where I've let, led really large teams and I've built very strong client relationships and I've delivered very solid and sustainable business outcomes. So now we put that on the back burner. That's kind of what I do. Uh, and currently I'm the vice president of IBM and one of the senior partners of IBM where I have the opportunity to lead the blockchain services organization, which is an absolute pleasure. However, I really want to talk about who I am and what I do is not who I am. So who I am is I'm just an ordinary person. I'm an ordinary person that um, had very humble beginnings. Um, My parents had me at the age of 20 years old, and they had a lot of challenges. So my grandmother stepped in to rear me, and she did not have the opportunity to go to college, to even go to high school or even middle school, they're happy. But she was a very wise lady that taught me so many things. And so with that, I really want people to know that I'm just an ordinary person that have had so many angels along my path to help me be successful, to take me from a small little town of Shreveport, Louisiana, and to get elevated to a VP senior partner at IBM. But at the same time, I have an opportunity to do a lot of community work and motivational speaking, because I really want other people to know that if I can do it, you can too. So
0: what's something that you could tell the viewer out there to help them to to move forward like you have?
3: Yeah, I would say that it is very important that you always be your authentic self. And first, so you have to know yourself. And once you know who you are and you know what your values are, never sacrifice those. And then you have to be yourself. And then once you be yourself, be your true self, so that you feel good about it. And then the next thing you have to do is you have to do what I call surround yourself. And what I mean about surround yourself is nobody gets anywhere alone, that you need to make sure that you continue to grow and nurture networks. Because if you get started, God will Mm -hmm. continue to put angels in your pathway, angels in your way to help you. There may be things that you say, oh, I don't know, or I can't do, that just start and don't stop. Just keep going forward. And I had a a quote when I was a little girl that used to say, shoot for the moon. And if you miss, you'll be among the stars.
0: I love it. I love it. And I believe in all of that. So I can't thank you enough for coming on and motivating us. And congratulations on all of
3: your success and what you do for others now. Well, thank you so much again for having me. I am absolutely stunned for this opportunity. So thank you. It's been great. All right. Bye Anuk. Thank you. Thank you all
0: so much for tuning in to wake up with Marcy today. What an incredible show. As always, I learned so much from my guests and speaking of my guests, I want to thank each one of them for coming on and sharing their story and educating us. I first want to thank voiceover queen and author, Candy Milo, entrepreneur, Becca Gardner, Dr. Jason Compton and motivational speaker Anook Broomfield for providing us with so much hope and education. Check out wakeupwithmarcy.com for more information on my guests and to check out any segment from today's show. Stay connected with me on social media. Just a reminder again about my book, Chaos to Clarity on amazon.com. Be kind to yourself and kind to others And I hope to see you next week with more amazing guests and inspiration for the week. I'll see you next weekend. Bye-bye.